First Corinthians chapter 12, verse 4 to 11. First Corinthians chapter 12, verses 4 to 11. We want to continue from where we left off last week, the phanerosis of the spirit of wisdom. Hallelujah. Says there are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. There are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. There are manifestations of the spirit, but the manifestation of the spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same spirit, to another faith by the same spirit, to another gift of healings by the same spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different, different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues, but one in the same spirit works all in all, distributing to each one individually as he wills. Hallelujah. God is distributing the gift of his spirit to each one. But from last week, we realized that the gifts are different, but it's the same. Like we said, it could be vapor, but it's water. It could be ice, but it's water. It could be liquid, and it's still water. Hallelujah. And last week, we looked at the spirit of God. We said when the, the word phanerosis means the manifestation. The phanerosis, the manifestation there means phanerosis. That's the phanerosis of the gift of God, the spirit of God. And we looked at the first mention where the spirit of God was first mentioned in Genesis chapter 1. Bible says, verse 1, in the beginning, the world was without form and void, and gross darkness covered the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved. Amen. When the Spirit of God moved, we saw manifestations, because after the Spirit of God moved, the, the word was, let there be light, and there was light. Hallelujah. So when the Spirit of God comes around, things change. Am I making sense? When the Spirit of God comes around, things change. And when things change, we all see it, we all experience it, and we all have some, uh, a better life because of it. Amen. So when we talk about the manifestation of the Spirit of God or the Spirit of wisdom, we are talking about how God will anoint you with wisdom that will benefit you and everybody around you. Amen. Amen. So we started looking at last week, we said that there's the, the, the different spirits that we introduced in Isaiah chapter 11. How many remember? Isaiah chapter 11, we read, it says that there shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse, a branch shall grow out of the, his roots. The spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. So the spirit of the Lord and the spirit of the Lord comprises of the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. His delight is in the fear of the Lord, and he shall judge not by his sight or his eyes, nor decide by his hearing, the hearing of his ear. Hallelujah. So you see that really the, the seven spirits that we saw there, five of them, has to do with wisdom. 
And I said to you last week that really the spirit of God is the spirit of wisdom. And I made a statement. Somebody asked me, what did I mean by that statement? I said that everything that happens, every problem in the world is a problem of wisdom. Or the lack thereof. The problem of uh, inflation, hyperinflation, is not just uh, Putin fighting uh, little Vlad. No, it is just lack of wisdom. Hallelujah. It's just the lack of wisdom. The problem we have at home is lack of wisdom. Financial problems is because of lack of wisdom. Even medical challenges, most of the time, you know that you don't have to eat what you are eating. Oh, I shouldn't go there. Today I have one suit, so I have to behave like somebody wears a suit. Hallelujah. You know what you are doing and the consequences that it will bring. But you continue hoping that as for you, it will be different for you. It's just lack of wisdom. It's only a fool who does the same thing, hoping that there will be a different result. You are doing the same thing. You did that and you failed the exam. You are in a new year. You are doing the same thing, hoping you pass an exam. It's lack of wisdom. Hallelujah. So it is very important. It's imperative that we understand wisdom. Amen. We understand wisdom and buy into that wisdom that will change us. So go back to uh, um, Isaiah 11. He says that, let's look at the Spirit of God. He says that the Spirit of God is wisdom and understanding. Somebody say wisdom and understanding. And last week we talked about these two are paired. You cannot have wisdom without understanding. You cannot have an understanding if wisdom is not present. A lot of Christians try to operate with one and not the other. We try to operate with understanding and not use wisdom. And so things don't work. In fact, Satan will make you want to use one instead of the two. So we use the wisdom of this world instead of the wisdom of God. See, verse 3 says that he will not judge out of what he sees. He will not judge according to what he hears. He will not judge according to his environment. He will look deeper than what meets the eye. It is only a very um, uh, unsophisticated person who just behaves because of what he has seen and what he has said. Somebody tells you something about somebody and then you don't talk to the person because of what they said to you. I don't know where. It's like somebody, uh, Abigail has gossiped about uh, has gossiped about Pastor Michael to Pastor William. Then all of a sudden, Pastor William stops talking to Pastor Michael because of what Abigail said. It is it's because you are not sophisticated. 
Are you, are you understanding what I'm saying? If you are sophisticated, you will not judge because of what you have heard. You will not judge because of what you have seen. Because what you see and what you hear is not everything. There's other factors that you must factor into things. Hallelujah. That is why we need wisdom and understanding. When you read, you see, wisdom is the right application of information at the right time. Most of us as Christians, we have information. When you read the Bible, you get information. When you come to the house of God, you get information. As I'm preaching to you, I'm giving you information. But when you get out there, you meet situations that the information you have has to be applied to if you are wise. But you need understanding to make that two things apply. I don't know whether you understand what I'm saying. Okay. Well, I, have, I have a book coming up next, next month. It will be launched next month. And, and I, I talk about this thing where a lot of times we don't understand what is being given us. That is why we can't apply wisdom. You read the Bible, you are reading the story of Abraham, and you cannot see yourself in Abraham. That is why you go to your situation and you can't apply anything because you didn't understand the precept of the context of the text. So you couldn't get it. You don't get it. You don't get it. You don't get it. So you forget it. Hallelujah. So we talked about it last week, so I'm not going to go, go through. Then the next one was what? After wisdom and understanding is what? Counsel and what? Might. The spirit of counsel and might are also paired. You, ha- you cannot have all the counsel in the world, but if you don't have might, or strength to carry it out, it will accomplish nothing. See, Christians, we have a lot of counsel, but we don't have the might. We have good advice, but you don't have the power to implement it. You know that implementing this counsel will cost you. This sugar daddy you have, He pays your accommodation. He gives you your school fees. He buys you your car and everything. Every week he gives you allowance. And you know that you, know, you have a comfortable life. So that is... And then you come to the house of God and you are told that the counsel is that it's somebody's wife, somebody's husband. I know that whatever you sow, you will reap. So as you are sowing, you know, this in somebody's marriage, your harvest will not be a good thing. So you receive counsel. But the might to leave that man alone. You know that when you leave this man alone, the money stops. Life will never be soft anymore. You will have to now do night jobs and different things. You can't even live in that flat. 
You have to move in that, from that line and go and share with everybody else. You have to even get somebody to go and patch with for a while. Things will change because of that step. And then when you look at that, you don't have might to take the step. So you see, when you receive good counsel, you also need might to take and apply the counsel. A lot of times, I have stopped bothering, especially with premarital counseling. I don't do it anymore. Because I find out that a lot of people don't have might to apply the counsel. And the Bible says, reprove a corner and they will hate you. So there are some people, when I look at you and you don't have might, I don't bother correcting. I'll wait for you to bang your head hard on the concrete. And I say, oh, sorry. I'll say, oh, sorry, 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 sorry. I am very sorry. Because I knew where you were going, you were going to bang your head. But knowing that you don't have might to undertake the counsel that I give, I will not, because you will despise me. You are preaching, Reverend. Hallelujah. It doesn't mean I'm wicked. Because as a younger pastor, I thought I could save the whole world. But I realized that some people don't want to be saved. So you leave them. They just want you to be a nurse. When they bang their head, you come and say, oh, sorry, sorry, and massage. Don't stop them from banging their head. Who are you to stop me from hurting myself? You can see that this guy is a joker. This guy is not going to take you anywhere. If you marry this guy, your life will be over. I can see it. Every sign, every character, every this is no prophecy. I can see it spiritually, physically, intellectually. I can see that this is wrong. Everybody around them can see. Everybody can see. But then I look at you and I know you have no might. So I've I've seen many people leave my church because I counsel them. When it comes to uh, marriage and things, I don't say anything. Bring a joker, I'll play on. You see when the referee goes, goes means play on. I didn't, I, I didn't see anything. Just go on. Then I know that I have to get bandage. I have to get, uh, what do you call it? Plaster. I have to get, yeah, all, all those things. Iodine and things, just put them to the side. Because I know that eventually you're going to bang your head. And when you do, I then come. You know how the footballers, the, the, the people, the doctors on the side, they know that definitely as you are running around and kicking the ball, at a point you hit somebody or somebody will hit you. So when they see you fall, then they will come. Then they will bring the stretcher. Then they will massage you and put something on you and they carry you out. Because you have no might. Listen, try and have might to undertake every counsel that is given you. Hallelujah. Because there are things that we want to do. But the thing that you want to do, when you do it, it will land you in in trouble. Don't do it. It may look, there's a way that cement right onto a man. But the end thereof is what? Death. 
There's a way. It seems right. It, seems right. it looks good. But counsel will say that don't go there. Don't do this. If you do this, it will lead to your destruction. Do you have the might, the capacity, the wherewithal to say, I will not do this because of what has been said? Hallelujah. Every Sunday we come to church, we receive counsel. Every Sunday, everything. You see, I, the reason why I stopped doing premarital counseling is that if you have been in the church more than two years or three years, you would have heard every counsel that I'll give in the office. You would have heard it from the pulpit at some point. If you have read before you jump, you, you get a counsel. You would have seen all the red flags. Hallelujah. Why should you go through the problem you are going through? When you are pre-warned, pre it's because might to do right is not there. I want to leave it for two seconds for it to simmer down a bit. Hallelujah. Ephesians 3.16 says that, that he, might, he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. Amen. Ezekiel 36 verse 27 says that I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes or statutes and you will keep my commandment and do them. I'll put my spirit within you so and cause you to be able to do what I tell you to do. In Job 12, 13, he says that with him is wisdom and strength. He has counsel and what? Understanding. Hallelujah. So you can see all these things are putting together for us to have the spirit of God manifested in our lives. Hallelujah. The, the, the third one or the last one we're going to look at is what? What's the third one? The fear of the Lord and what? Knowledge and the fear of God. Hallelujah. The fear of, the God, of God is the beginning of what? Amen. How many fear God in this place? The spirit of knowledge and the fear of God. The ability to know things that you have not been taught. Knowledge is having a knowing that nobody taught you. Having a knowing that nobody taught you. In John, 1 John, he says something that, that he will give his spirit to you and you will have an understanding that will confound those who are ahead of you. Hallelujah. The ability to know. The ability to know. The ability to know. The ability to know. In Ephesians 1, 17, say that, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, that the eyes of your understanding will be enlightened, that you may know you may know, you may know. So when the eyes of your understanding is enlightened, you will see things that you never saw. 
you will see clearly. The reason why sometimes we read the Bible and feel like sleeping is because we don't have a good eyesight. Your eyes are dim. So you don't see anything. Because, you see, you can read the letter. The, the Bible said the letter killeth, but the spirit gives what? Life. So, in reading the Bible, there are two things. You see the letter, and then you see the spirit. So, you see history. There was a man. So, you see the story. Are you with me? The story of David. The story of uh, uh, Moses, the story of Elijah. You see, there are stories. So that's the letter. And then in between the lines are, is the spirit. Am I making sense? And the spirit is what gives life. So when you are reading the Bible, ask the Lord to, give, to enlighten the eyes of your understanding. So that you'll be able to, to see the length, the breadth, the width, and the height how deep his calling is for you. Am I making sense? You need an insight into that word you are reading. Because anytime you are reading, you can read the same passage for the next week or the next month. And each day you read the passage, God will say something different to you. There is new insight each day as you read the same passage because each day God speaks to you differently through the same words. Amen. So how many are really going to look for the wisdom of God? The wisdom. All we need is the wisdom of God. Can I give you about a few things of the manifestation? The manifestation, the evidence that the wisdom of God is around you. Evidence that the wisdom of God is around you. You see, don't tell me you are wise. Let me see your wisdom. Or the, the lack thereof. When you go to any country, if they blindfold you and they drop you in any country, there are some characteristics that will tell you whether the country is a developed country or, develop, or underdeveloped country. You will see whether there is wisdom here or there is lack of wisdom. How many understand what I'm saying? You drop into a certain country, there are no roads, but there are houses all over the place. There are, there are houses dotted everywhere, there's no road. It means there's no plan. Roads don't have names. You can see different, different types of buildings, one big, one small, one big, one small, in the same line. You will never ever see that in any developed country. They put similar type of houses together in the same area. You can't just go and build anything anyhow. But in any part of the, the, the developed or underdeveloped country you go to, you see a mansion next door to a shack. Next door to another, it's like there's no plan. According to your pocket you build. Even when the land is not yours, you can build on it. <laughs> no plan. We'll fight later. We'll go to court later. They don't contact Dr. Benny. <laughs> <They just, laughs> Hallelujah. So let's look at the children of wisdom. 
Hallelujah. The children of wisdom. The first one is promotion. Proverbs 4, 8. He says, exalt her, that's exalt wisdom, and she will promote you. She will bring you honor when you embrace her. Don't tell me you have wisdom. Let's see your promotion. Promotion. What will promote you from a girlfriend to a wife is not having sex with him. There's no assuming the duties of a wife when you are not married. Cooking for him, washing for him, cleaning for him. It will never make you a wife. Never. I think I have to start burning the bells from this church. There are too many bells. <laughs> Hallelujah. It is how you carry yourself, how wise you are. No sensible man worth his salt will marry a fool. No sensible woman worth her salt will marry a foolish man. It is not how macho you look. It's not taking her to buy expense, spending money, wasting your money on her will make her decide to marry you. No, 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 no. She will squander you, milk you dry and leave you. Hallelujah. Promotion comes out, out, out of wisdom. Remember last week, we're looking at uh, David. David walked wisely before the presence of who? Of King Solomon. Can you find that scripture again for me? Of King Saul. Can you find the scripture again for me? Or you can't find it. Let me find it myself. Since You see, next time, don't come and ask me for my notes. I won't give them to you. Because I gave it. Amen. David behaved wisely in his ways. 1814. And the Lord was with him. Therefore Saul, when Saul saw that he behaved very wisely, he was afraid of him. Look at verse 16. He says that, but all Israel and Judah loved David because he went out and came in before them. They saw how he was going out and come, how he comported himself, how he ordered his steps, how he carried himself. That is what brings you promotion. That job, the way you carry yourself, the way you do things, how you go there early, how diligent you are, how you carry yourself, how you interact with people, that is what is going to promote you. Not bickering and gossiping and backbiting. Trying to impress the boss. You are, you, you are gossiping and putting everybody down. Telling on everybody. Hoping that that will bring you up. It doesn't. Hallelujah. Number two. The second one. Work with me. Honor. Honor. Put the scripture. Honor. Wisdom will give, bring honor. 
wisdom will bring you honor. Hallelujah. He says that embrace her and he will bring you honor. Number three, pleasantness. Pleasantness. Wisdom will allow you to create a pleasant environment around you. Proverbs 14 verse 1 says that a wise woman builds a house, but the foolish, but the foolish pulls it down with her hands. When you are wise, you build. Have you not realized that people who can afford the same amount of uh, for the same house, the one who built, let's say two, two friends, they earn the same, they have the same monies, they have the same outgoings and everything. They have the same building and one's house looks very nice and the other one's house looks like a bomb site. It's because one is operating with wisdom. When somebody is wise, it shows in the environment they live in. The reason why many of us have run to this part of the world is because the environment is nicer. Am I making sense? It's nicer. It's more pleasant. The markets are neater. They look nicer. There's no chaos. Traffic moves very well. People don't pack anyhow. People don't do things anyhow. They, 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 oh, oh, don't hide your face. I'm not... Just listen. I'm showing that example so that you go and order your house. Because some of us, our houses look like the market. Find a market for me. A market where there's chaos. See, there's no everything's everywhere. You're talking about pleasantness. Pleasant. When the place is pleasant, when you enter the place, do you feel it? Do you like pleasant atmospheres? Do you like pleasant environment? It's a sign of wisdom. It's a sign that there's wisdom here. When we come to your house and we see how nice and how beautiful, how cozy it is, it's not the amount of flashy things, it's not the expensive things that makes your house pleasant. It's how you have thought through and made the thing, everything sit well. It takes wisdom to organize. It takes wisdom to, 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 to build a pleasant environment. Do you know that it takes wisdom to build a pleasant marriage? Because not all marriages are pleasant. Not all marriages are pleasant. Not all relationships, boyfriend-girlfriend relationships are pleasant. Somebody is slapping somebody. Somebody is crying all the time. Somebody is, is doing different things all the time. There's no, it's not pleasant. It means one or both are fools. Oh, you don't like we are talking about the manifestation of wisdom. When wisdom is present, you see pleasant things. When wisdom is uh, present, the relationship will be pleasant. It will be beautiful. It will be good. Yeah. There will be enjoyment. The, the pleasant means happy what? Satisfaction. 
satisfaction, enjoyment. It gives you a sense of joy. The reason why some husbands don't like going home after work. Because there's no pleasant, there's not a pleasant smile welcoming you. Ah, somebody will sit on the train and go from back to forth, back to forth. Yeah, look at it. There's no road that goes here. Is this pleasant? It's a display of the lack of wisdom. Some of us, our, our wardrobe is a display of lack of wisdom. I'm in your bedroom now. I'm in your bedroom now. The reason why you wear the same clothes all the time is because your things is like a bombsite. Put the picture back. It's because it's not easy to find what you are looking for in that wardrobe. So you keep picking. If you go to a shop like this, maybe at the back, somewhere there, that's where the thing you are looking for is. But you can't get access to it because there are too many people, too many things, too many obstacles to get you to the right place. There's no order. Not pleasant. Chaotic. You go and buy the same clothes that you already have in your wardrobe because you couldn't see. Not you, but you know somebody who knows somebody that this has happened to. Give me a wave. Not you, not you, but somebody else. Then you go and you put it on, then you realize I have the same thing. Not pleasant. <laughs> number, number four, quickly. Peace. 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 Is there peace at home? Is there peace in your life? Is there peace around you? It is wisdom to create a peaceful atmosphere around you. James chapter 3 verse 18 says that now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Are you a peacemaker? Or you always like to create trouble and chaos? There are some people, everywhere they are, there's fights. Everywhere you go, you join a, a group, there, there's always fights. Because you're not a peacemaker. Every issue you must address it with a frown and a quarrel. Every wrong move anybody makes, you have to call a discussion. Do a whole surrendering with judge and jury. Meanwhile, you also offend all the time. And we don't call for, uh, what do you call it? Surrendering every time. But for you, every time you want to do firing squad and kill somebody. No. Wisdom is peace. One day I came to my wife and I said that from today, honey, if there will be any fight in this house, it will not be me. I told her, from today, I am telling you, as for me, I will never fight with you. I don't know about you. I can't tell you about you. But for me, from today, this is my stand. Don't be any fight. That was the beginning of peace in my marriage. Because see, when you enter the ring and your opponent is not there, will you fight? 
you be a shadow boxer. Nobody is there. At some point, you get tired. It's wisdom to make peace, to forgive. Sometimes, see, sometimes she will do something. It's like, now, today, I've got her. This is the day I have to bring all my guns to fire. Then I say, oh, she has her own issues. Leave her alone. Make excuses for the person so that there's no fight. Because really, just as you know that she made a mistake, do you think she doesn't know that she made a mistake? Is it the fight that will enforce the no? Let it go. Create a peaceful environment. Have you not realized that anywhere there's development, there's peace. Without peace, there's no development. When you go to uh, Iran, uh, what do you call it, Ukraine right now, you go to Kiev and all those places, you see bullet holes, half-bomb buildings, no construction is going on at this present time in Kiev, in Ukraine. Why? Because there's war. In the same way, a home that has war, there is no building that is being built. A church that has war, there is no building that is going up. There's no growth. So he says that as much as lies within you, live peaceably with all men. Good advice says that make peace with everybody. It doesn't mean you are soft. It doesn't mean you are stupid. It means you are wise. You decide that I will not fight. I will not answer. Bible says about Jesus, when they reviled him, he reviled not back. When they were spitting on him and insulting him, he could have done the same. He did not. Am I talking to somebody? Let us learn to have peace around us. See, all these things are the spirit of God. All these things are the anointing. It is not prophecy alone. It's not laying hands and people spending some, some of us, our homes, that's how it looks like. Their home is on fire. Fight from morning to night. For about three weeks, you haven't spoken to your husband, you haven't spoken to your wife. What is wrong with you? Why? No wisdom. You are fighting with your children, you are fighting with your husband, you are fighting with your wife, you are fighting with your neighbors, you are fighting with your, your boss, your colleagues at work, you are fighting with everybody. Fighting with your cousins, your sisters, your mother, your father. You're fighting with everybody. What is wrong with you? <laughs> Pastor Mark. Pastor Mark says even your dog is angry with you. <laughs> even the dog. You have, you have beef with the dog. Huh? Why? 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 And after that, you come to church and you are praying in tongues. Stop the tongues and go and make peace. Some of the most cantankerous people in the world are the people that pray in tongues the hardest. The same Shalabai, when you go home, you are going to Shalabai everybody. 
Happiness. Next one. Proverbs 3.18. Happiness. How many know that happiness is intentional? Happiness. Happiness. What's the definition of happiness? Sense of feeling good. Sense of excitement. Contentment. State of being happy. Hallelujah. Happiness is a, an offshoot of wisdom. When there is wisdom, there is happiness. There is contentment. Amen. When there is wisdom. Proverbs 3.18, quickly. She is a tree of life to those who take hold of her. That's wisdom. And happy are all who retain her. Happy are those who retain wisdom. When you retain wisdom, how many believe that this is wisdom? I'm just advising us. How many think that advice is wisdom? And that advice, the offshoot of that advice is happiness. You become happier in your marriage. You become happier in your relationship. You see siblings who fight all day. Every time they are fighting. Every time you are fighting. Every time you are fighting. It's just lack of wisdom. Then one day some, one of them dies. And then you are crying. No, that's foolish tears now. That's foolish tears. There was this uh, pastor's wife who is a um, marriage counselor now. But she, she was saying that when her husband was alive, she used to quarrel with the husband all the time. Maybe for weeks, she would be talking to the husband. For just something small. Maybe the, the husband opened the, 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 the milk and didn't close it and put it back in the fridge. She can quarrel with the husband for three weeks because of that. The husband was a bit sloppy. Sometimes he would leave the socks, you know, at the door, and then one sock on the, on the stairs, and then one sock, you know, one is, is he, you can trace where he is in the room by the trail that he leaves from the door, you know. And so that thing used to irritate her so badly. And when she does that, she can go for weeks without talking to him. And she says that one of the things that really annoyed her is when she was in the kitchen cooking. She's cooking all day. The husband used to like coming around her and then would grab her from the back and give her a peck on the neck. And he said that that thing used to irritate, irritate her because, because she's cooking. Oh, let me finish my story. Why are you trying to tell the story for me? He's saying that she was saying that she's hot in the kitchen. She's sweaty in the kitchen. She's feeling a bit, uh, you know, uncomfortable. And the last thing she needs is uh, grabbing hands, clumsy hands, catching her from the back and giving her a lousy kiss on the neck and then going. Not that she's coming to help. He just comes and then goes. She said that used used to irritate it used to irritate her so badly. 
Then one day, the husband got a stroke and now was lying paralyzed in bed. Couldn't grab her from the back. Couldn't hold her anymore. Couldn't throw his socks from the door, the corridor, to the putting one sock in the fridge, opening milk and not putting it back. There was nothing like that anymore. She said that she would go to the hospital and she would lie there and she would take the hand, the husband's hand, and put it around her because he couldn't do that anymore. Then the husband died. Now she's in this neat house by herself. The milk is covered. Now she doesn't have anybody to cook those long hours meal for. There's nobody, she's, there's nobody to sweat for in the kitchen all day. There's nobody to put the grabby hands on you. And she said that from that day when she sees any wife quarreling with any, any husband, she gets so irritated and so angry. She wants to knock the, the, the wife and knock some sense into her. Because now she has seen life. It's unfortunate that sense came too late. <laughs> that is so bad. After the exam, now you understand. Ah. It didn't make sense at the time that it needed to make sense. Now that the man is dead and gone, see now she can she can go and sit by his graveside with his favorite food. You know that he he will eat and throw the plates in the kitchen in the sink and not wash. And that used to that would mean like three weeks of not talking. Said one day she sat down and calculated how many weeks and days that she did not speak to the husband as against all the marriage. So she calculated from the day they got married to the day he died. And then she took out minus how many days in a week that I didn't speak to my husband. She realized that she has just changed herself. She didn't realize that God had given the husband to her for only a brief period of her life. And her, her job was to enjoy him. Be happy with him. But he was irritated about nonsense. And now the man is gone. May it not be your story. Amen. I say may it not be your story. Amen. Next one. I, I'm finishing. Treasures. Treasures. Wisdom will bring you Treasures. You know, when I was looking at this particular thing, I, I just remembered our church. What has given us this building and the nice things that we have inside is wisdom. When we came to this building, it didn't look like this. It looked dingy. It looked neglected. It looked cold. 
it looked, you know, there were about seven different carpet colors in this place. Red, brown, green, blue, green. It was everywhere. There's off cream. There's blue. There's gray. There's light blue. and There's brown, gray. There was blue here. There was brown and red. Different, different. But we came into it like that. And we stayed in it like that taking our time to work on it gradually, gradually, gradually to where we are today. Somebody else will get this place. A friend of mine got a building. The next day he went in and took all the lights because he wanted the, to have spotlights and had to rewire the whole place. And when he took all the lights, he realized that he needed two million to do just the lights. And he didn't have two million. Up to today as we speak, the building is not completed. Nobody, in 10 years, they still haven't entered. When you are wise, you amass treasure. When you are foolish, you misspend. Hallelujah. Some of us, we are buying things instead of investing. Because wisdom, Nepal, Yapade suggests. Ni point. Ni wisdom. Yeah. Hallelujah. How many understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Wisdom is to know what to do. Listen, at this rate, at this time of your life, you can operate in very little amount of food. Every day you're going to Nando's. Every day you're going to Nando's. Every day you're going to Nando's. It's lack of wisdom. It is your house you are eating. It is your house you are eating. Look for the scripture. The young lions do lack. The young lions do lack. Because... They don't have. I'm talking to them. They are around here. There is food at home. Sorry? Psalm 34 verse 10. There is food at home, but you are buying Nando's. You are buying delivery rule. Delivery rule. Delivery rule. Seven pounds for delivery. The food is, is seven pounds. You're paying seven pounds for delivery. And you can walk to the place. In fact, you can buy every ingredient and fix it yourself. It won't take more than 10 minutes. And it will be nicer and better for just five pounds. The young lions lack and suffer hunger. But those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. Do you know why they suffer loss and they, they suffer hunger? Because in one day they will kill all the antelopes in the place because they have energy. So they kill all the antelopes and they eat only two. And the rest rot. Then in a month's time, all the antelopes are finished. And they suffer hunger. 
because they lack sense. The old lions know that I kill one at a time. I'll kill one, I eat, and let the rest grow fat. And tomorrow I kill another one and eat. Then the next day I kill another one. So you leave them to roam. Because the more they are roaming and giving birth, the more you guarantee food to eat. Are you getting what I'm saying? Because you don't have children now. You can afford pounds. Don't go to Nando's every day. Because the children come in alone, it's going to be 1,000 pounds every month. Child care. On top of every bill you have. No, I shouldn't say it. Now you're a legend. So you're spending anyhow. You can afford it. You are buying things. Every day there's delivery man coming. Every day is Amazon delivery. Something delivery. They are bringing every delivery. Yeah, what do you call it? Is it Hermes are bringing? These people are bringing. Yodel is bringing. Amazon is bringing. You will soon get married. And before long, there will be children walking around. And children are very expensive in this part of the world. If you don't know, let me tell you. It's a very expensive hobby. Children, in this part of the world, I pray about it. A week, you have to pay 400 pounds for child care. Yeah. How much do you earn to pay that child care? If you don't have child care, you can't go and work. Hallelujah. So you need wisdom now to organize yourself. Because that time is coming. Or oh, you didn't like that one. Yeah. So, I know you have money in your pocket. But don't let it burn a hole. Let the money you have be busy. Give it an assignment. So that as the changing phases of life comes, you are prepared. Hallelujah. That's exhibition of the spirit of wisdom you have. Have I got one more? Let's have one more. The ability to lead and to rule. The ability to lead and to rule. How many know that these things that we are talking about is your ability to lead that will bring it up? If you are wise, you will lead well. You will lead your home well. Hallelujah. You will lead your life well. If you are wise, you organize your relationship better. If you are wise, you rule your, your home wisely. There's, there's, there's another story. I'll tell you this story, then we close. There's another story of this man of God who was very harsh. He was more than a, a military drill sergeant in his house. And so the wife and the Two daughters were very scared of him. Anytime they have visitors and they have, maybe he come, a visitor comes to preach for them and they go to have dinner in the house and they are eating, the visitor will notice how timid the, the wife is, how tense the children are on the dining table. And they, 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 this particular pastor, preacher who used to preach for them, what is happening? 
he wanted to find a way to speak to the wife and the daughters alone to find out what was going on. But there was never any time like that. Then one day, the first daughter got to the age of 18. As soon as she went to uni, she said to the mother, Mommy, I am not coming back. As I've left this house, so long bye-bye. Was left with the other daughter who was waiting and counting the days. Oh, Lord, roll on 18. Roll on 18. Let my university come. And she chose university very far away from the father. And then, got the university. (laughs) I don't mind him. Then, went. Then the wife said to the husband, now that my girls are all left home, I cannot take this military (laughs) drill sergeant anymore. So I will see you in another life. And she divorced him and left. Said the man, the pastor died a miserable man by himself, sick, without anybody to care for him. Why? Because he did not use wisdom to rule his house. Says one that rules well in his own home. Wisdom will give you that insight to rule well. I pray that we will rule our lives well. We will lead our lives well. Stand to your feet.